Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thanking you as always for clicking on the podcast. It really is super, super appreciated. The podcast is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts as to RSS.com. Basically, wherever you get your podcast streams from, this should be there as well. Why not as well jump onto Facebook and give us a like and a follow by searching, would you believe, Joe Blogs About Films. And let's have a good old chinwag because I do like a good chat about films and TV. I know that's hard to believe. But it's very true. I thought I'd do an episode this week because um, I've been looking online and, and looking at the streaming sites in particular because there's so many of them. Just to have a gander at what films are available on there that I've not seen. There's a vast amount at the moment that I do really want to check out. I think the top priority for me is The Grey Man. I've heard a lot of mixed things about it, but still, I do want to sit down and you'll hear my thoughts about that, no doubt, in the near future. But what this film that I want to talk about this week is I don't really watch many like horror thriller films anymore. Not for any particular reason, just that I just, just really don't want to be scared. <laughs> it's one of those where I don't mind some of them um but i don't know it's got to take something to really latch and, and really for me to be like okay i'm really intrigued in that like take for example the film x that came out this year i've still not seen it and i'm not in a great rush to watch it because it just didn't didn't jump out on me but this film in particular though from 2017 i remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking right i do want to watch that but for whatever reason just didn't get around to watch it, which is the story of my 2017, in fairness. I just didn't just didn't catch near enough films that I wanted to check out. I am referring to The Ritual, which is, a I say, a kind of like... It's like Blair Witch meets The Wicker Man. That's how I like re- like referenced and, and when I referred it to friends, that's how I described it. But I think that it's such a very well-put-together horror film, a very well-made horror movie with just so much going off in there. You know, imagery is great, the use of lighting as well. In particular, what I loved the most, I would say, was like the spine-chilling sounds and music, like the score in this. Because the film obviously centres around friends doing, you know, a hike through Sweden or Scandinavian woods and such. And it does have this kind of like Nordic feel to it with the with the drums, the drum pattern that are in there. It's very steady go. And the violins in this as well, although... They're not like at the same level, I would say, as fear-inducing as the insidious violins. It is quite ominous at times, especially at the start of the film when we when we do see them set off on this journey through uh, through the mountains and through the woods and such. I really enjoyed it, and I do feel that they've done a very good job putting it all together. And as well, like credit to David Bruckner, the director, for his vision in quite a lot of the imagery within this film. It's very clear that he wanted to get certain parts really focused on, like I say, some hallucinations or visuals in there that are a part of this film, sorry, are very, very well uh, well put together and well crafted. The film itself is based on a novel of the same name by Adam Neville, which came out in 2011. Might be worth checking that out as well, because I, I, did, I did feel that, I feel like it's one of those films that it's an hour and a half, which I think is perfect for this kind of thriller horror, but you could tell that the book will have extra layers in there, you know what I mean? So I definitely want to maybe check this out and just and, and gain a bit more knowledge about it, because... I have left this film feeling very impressed with with what was in there. Granted, towards the end of it, I was a little bit like, okay, I'm not too sure on this. Or at least I felt that the first hour was probably the best the best part of this film. And then the last half an hour, 20 minutes, I did feel let it down just a smidge. Not an awful amount that you're like, this was absolutely a waste of time because there's so much happens before that that, that, that is really impactful. But I just felt that the last 20 minutes or so of the film was the weakest of that. That being said, though, it's still a decent enough watch, one that I would highly recommend, and I'm going to try and keep this as spoiler-free as I possibly can because I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're if you listening and you have seen the film, then great. If you've not, then please do check it out, and I wouldn't want to spoil it for you, but if you were to come to any spoiler parts of this, of this film, 
I will give you a shout, and it will definitely be towards the end of this episode. But let's get diving straight into this film. The film centers around Luke and a group of friends. Luke himself is played by Rafe Spall. He's haunted by his friend's death during a convenience store robbery in which he was too afraid to intervene. To mark his passing, he and three friends go on a hiking holiday in Sweden when one of them sprains his ankle, an ill-advised shortcut through a spooky forest is taken and very, very nasty things begin to happen. So yeah, there you go. Your, your, your general premise, really. You've got a group of friends going on this hike through Sweden as a tribute to their fallen friends and things go tits up basically I think that it's fair to say that things do not go as planned as what they expected it to do and this is like I say with the direction of this film because the imagery in this is like fairly disturbing at times and extremely frightening you know it's not like gory for the sake of gore or anything like that in fact I don't think there's much of said air quote gore in this like this is the kind of film that I enjoy, especially within the horror worlds, like where, yeah, fair enough, I do, you know, I don't mind the gore every now and then, such as like Saw and Spiral, blah, 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 but these films that are more like make your mind play tricks on you, and it's also like, not only is it the things that you see that are frightening, it's the things that you don't see that are very impactful, like just allowing your mind to fill in the gaps, and this film does a lot of that, and I like that an awful lot. Like someone, there could be just branches breaking and like monster growls or whatever, but you don't see it for so long of this film that it's up to you to kind of fill in, you know, what's going on here. Is it part of that like trauma that Luke's going through? Is this all, is it him that's just having a bit of a bad time? You know what I mean? Like he's the one that's adamant that something is following them, but he's also the one that's got the most weight of what's happened having been in that store with his friend who was then killed. There's a lot, because I think that trauma is probably the the centre of the of the film in terms of a theme. You know, like all of them have got something, something that's weighing them down. But in particular, Luke, obviously, because you know he's got his group of friends around him. But there's no there's no denying the fact that he could have and should have done more in that circumstance. And that's the thing on the surface. All of the rest of the group are obviously nicey nicey towards him and such, and everyone's in this together. But deep down, it's very apparent that they all have that same kind of finger-pointing feeling towards Luke, that you should have done more in that circumstance. I mean, if we just want to talk mainly, because Luke, Rafe Spall's character, that is, is is the lead of this. You know, the, as much as the other characters are, are prominent throughout and do a bang-up job, like, one of the things that I wrote down straight away is that the performances of this tight-knit group are really believable. Like, you do feel that this is a group of friends that have gone through a pretty hefty loss that are, like just wanting to do this as a tribute to him. And at the same time, they are continuing their friendship. And there's that banter between all four of them that is all, is apparent throughout. Obviously, as things start to get progressively worse, the friendship starts to kind of fracture and people start like, kick, you know, as, as anything. like you, you can sense straight away which character is going to be the strong one, which one's most headstrong or the one that's probably going to be a bit more vulnerable and crack quite easy. But I really like what they did with Luke's character because he is... For the audience's sake, anyways, he's he's the one that brings us into this story. You know, he's the one that we see everything through his eyes, not POV, obviously, but he, that's the one we sent around. Like when it comes to like the hallucinations and stuff, they're in this film. It's only Luke's that we see. It's only his dreams or whatever that that we see throughout this. You know, he's going through so much to say. He's always been brought back to that same part of his past obviously is that he's in the shop obviously watching his friend get taken down or the aftermath of of that and credit here as well to David Bruckner the director for his vision on how to do this with the transitions because I felt like they were really excellent really strong as I say we only see his dreams uh, or nightmare sequences I should say for Luke but then they're constantly bringing you back to the forest you know it's like one minute you worry either in the forest and the shelves up and there's a you know shop interior but then instantly that could be just dragged away 
and it's back to reality once again. We're back in the back in the woods. There is that sense of obviously that kind of cabin in the woodsy uh, to the Blair, which definitely uh, it must obviously be a, a reference or at least um, of inspiration for this film. I would say that more so. Maybe the sequel to the Blair Witch Project that came out in 2016, I think it was, just called Blair Witch, like that constant suspense and feeling of dread, feeling of uneasy, building up, building up, and then we get the reveal of what this is that's hunting them down or what the monster looks like, definitely follows that trait and that trope, but at the same time, it's not like your classic stereotypical, these characters are really dumb in this situation. That's the one thing that I really enjoyed, again, about this film, is that none of these characters are dumb. They're genuinely clever enough to know when something smells funny or something like doesn't seem right. Makes a bit of a nice change to horror. You know, they might see like they see like a gutted deer or whatever in the in the woods hung up by the tree. They know that's not a good sign, and it's like okay, it's fresh blood. It's been a fresh kill. Whoever's done this or whatever's done this, it, it, you know, it's we need to leave basically. We need to get out of here straight away and meander on towards you know, safer zone, rather than just trying to stick around working out why or how this has happened. There's none of that. It's literally like these characters know what they're in, what they're doing, or like just they've come to see something that doesn't sit right. Let's keep going. Let's try and get out of these woods. Uh, I, I did really like that. Even when we get, like I say, when they take shelter in some dodgy cabin in the woods, which obviously there's the stuff in there that you're like, yep, that's a red flag straight away. They're still cautious and aware that this isn't good. And it's again, it's like whenever they have these hallucinations, because like I said, we only see Luke's visions or hallucinations. We only hear about what the other guys have been through. We don't actually see what they've been, but they're all the same. Characters in there can either be dismissive and be like, look, it was just a bad dream. Let's crack on. Let's keep moving. And the other guy's like, no, I know what a bad dream is. That wasn't a bad dream. That was something else. Like we, we should really talk about it. It's like everyone brings something else to the table, but at the same time, all of them, whether it's through denial, know that what they're experiencing is not right. Um, and I thought that was really good, really refreshing, I should say, for a um, for a horror film. In terms of like cinematography of this film as well, I really enjoyed a lot of the wide shots, like just wide shots of the woods, the trees, just again invoking that fear, emulating that fear, throwing a little bit of mist as well. Why don't you? Just to find yourself staring at the screen waiting for something to happen that may not. Like I say, you're sat there, and at times it will pay off, and there will be something maybe in the corner, and you're like, oh, I didn't, there's something there. You know what I mean? Or like anything like that. But I just felt that it was the right level of just constant building up. Like I said, though, at the start, I do feel that the ending does is the weakest part of it, but at the same time, I don't know, Like it's, it's one of those where there's so much that happens in the previous hour, hour and ten minutes or whatever, that it's enough for me to be like, eh, it's not that much for waste, you know, in terms of maybe the ending, maybe the, the landing didn't get, you know, didn't, they didn't stick the landing too great, but still, everything that we got beforehand was really, um, it was really great. I did feel that there was a lot, a lot of fantastic performances, the scares in there. I mean, it's not too jumpy, but there's just enough in there to, like I say, for Blair Witch fans anyway, it's just to get out of your seat, you know what I mean? It does have that vibe to it. Um, it's just one of those that you just feel constantly all the way through, like the, the the hairs on the back of your neck rising. And I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty decent enough. I didn't for once think that it was, you know, a waste of time or, or, or really poor. I do feel it's definitely one of the better horror films. And in fairness, I have an article I was reading to thank for this because I was reading it earlier and it was like the most underappreciated horror films of like the last few years or something. And this was in there at like number 20 something. And I, like I said, I remember seeing the trailer thinking I wouldn't mind watching that. And uh, I am glad that I did sit down and give the time for it because it was, it's an hour and a half to say great time, great, great length for this, these kind of films, but we're straight into it. You know, like the first five minutes, boof in 12 minutes, like by half an hour, 
were lost in the woods and were trying to get out of them. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I just enjoyed the snappy pace of it. But I, I think that the vision as well from the director was something that, yeah, was was really, really, really great as well with what he was doing. Like I said, with transitions from the like nightmare sequences to, to reality or whatever, then there's also the added fact that you've got those kind of cabin in the woods kind of vibes, you know, rainy nights and such and flashes of lightning and spooky symbols, this, that and the other. You know, it all for that added effect and impact for the audience to sit there really like, oh my God, what is going off? But there's a certain level within the film when you kind of can see where it's going to end up going. Um, whether you're happy with where it does end up going, that's entirely up to your preference or what you think, how the film handles that. For me, like I say, I just felt that the last 20 minutes of the film just dipped a little bit. Not an awful amount, but just a, you know just did make it that tad bit weaker, which I'll come to in just a second, obviously, because I don't want to go too much into spoiler territory. But overall, I feel like the cast really excellent. Just, like I said, the most believable performances I've seen them from a group of friends in a film in a very long time. As I've already spoke about Rafe Spall, that's that's Luke, the lead character of this, I would say. Very strong, very excellent. Nice to see Rafe Spall in this kind of role as well. And just his reaction to things was so believable. Even if it's him butting heads with other members of the of the friendship group, obviously, as the cracks start to, to come in, it's still a very believable thing, or at least when he's becoming a bit more headstrong, should we say. I just liked where we start from Rafe. From, I liked where we start with Luke to where we find him at the end. It's a great character arc, obviously. I will come to that again towards obviously talk about the ending a little bit in a second or two but I just felt like his story overall is very well and neatly polished there's Asher Ali in there as Phil Robert James Collier as Hutch and Sam Troughton as Dom uh, and Paul Reed is 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 Robert the friend that um, I do believe either one that passes away early on in the film all of them though like I say even before like I say because we start with all five of them then obviously then it's the four of them doing the hike but all the way through it, there, there is a real, real sense of uh, you know friendship and, and connection there that it is believable. I, I Like I say, I don't think, in terms of believable performances, I know that I've spoken this year about Boiling Point and how you know Stephen Graham does a tremendous job and how everyone in that film, it felt real life. As much as this, I know it's like a, you know, a horror, this, that and the other, I did feel that the performance in terms of that this kind of film you know i've i've i'm very impressed with it anyway it's a shame that i've waited this long to watch it but i did feel that they were very very good so what i'll do now is i say is i'll jump to some spoiler talk about i say the ending of the film i won't stick around too long but do do check out this film if you haven't already in terms of a score out of 10 i'm going to give this a six and a half i think it was pretty good six and a half pushing seven um i i think like i said that, that there's not many films that come out like this of, of the last few years that I've enjoyed, like I said, like that whole Blair Witch vibe, like The Wicker Man, or and the original Wicker Man, of course, not the Nicolas Cage one, or like, you know, Kill List, which is another film that I would suggest people watching if they've not seen that before, another British horror. But Kill List is another one that uh, this kind of has that same kind of uh, same kind of vibe to it at times, but still, I just really did think it was well performed, great script, like I said, just the last 20 minutes were a little bit, eh, that's fine. But there we go then. I'm going to jump some spoiler talk now. So if you've not seen it, do turn off. Or if you're not interested in seeing it and want to hear some more thoughts about it, then that's absolutely fine as well. But here we go. I just want to talk mainly about like the actual like maybe monster itself because like I said, there's a lot of links like Norse mythology and I'm probably not going to do a very good job of pronouncing things correctly nor kind of a good job of maybe gaining full knowledge of it all. But hey, maybe that's where the book will come into it. If I want to like learn a bit more about it all, maybe I should pick up the novel and, uh, and have a read. So yes, as I say, this film, as I stated before, kind of goes down a path that you think, where well, you can kind of guess pretty much straight away what's going to happen because 
like I said, there's that kind of uneasiness to it. And when even with this, I spoke about the score and how spine chilling all that is and such. But when the drumming kicked in at the start, I was like, I wonder if this will be something to do with like a cult. You know, like there will be something either, you know, an entity or, or a monster as there is. But I feel like it'll be something in relation to a cult. And lo and behold, that is where we do find it. And then it's like, just before that, sorry, you know, there's markings and such within the woods, which are very reminiscent of like Blair Witch and such. But even that, you're like, well, that again is very cult-like. And there's also like, you know, like things made out of twigs or whatever in this cabin in the woods. And it just, it's all screaming like it's pointing into that direction. I, I didn't know if it would go that way but it, but it does and that wasn't my main not my main issue as to why it's negative because i don't mind it because that cults for me are probably scarier than the monster itself like i find cults in any horror film whatever if there's a cult involved for me it's an instant terrifying ordeal because they're just they're just terrifying man like i mean really but still i think that it works for this because it turns out obviously that this there's these like this small settlement that live within the woods that offer this monster which turns out, I've, I've read conflicting reports, actually, of what the name of the monster is. So I'm just going to say you the both that I've read, and still, I'm probably going to ruin this altogether. But one article was saying it was Modo, um, and another one is saying it's Jotun. Um, either way, this monster is the bastard son of the god Loki. And so this settlement, they worship this monster, and in doing so, give it and offer sacrifices to it, obviously being people or whatever, in return for immortality. Which, I, again, I don't, I didn't mind that at all. I just feel that, like I said before, the build-up to not knowing what was hunting them down, like, you know, we can hear the, the, the growls and the whatever, and it's like the anticipation and build-up of that and not seeing the beast or whatever was, you know, more effective than, than, than when we did get to see the monster in its, in its entirety. Like, I just felt that the monster design... It was fine. It, I was expecting a little bit more from it. I don't really know what I was expecting, but I knew some form of antlers were going to be involved because they were everywhere within the film. But it's a real strange one. But all the same, I didn't mind this whole cult aspect. I think it was like, like I said, I would say it was more of a settlement than it was a cult, but it definitely is a cult. It's just it didn't feel cult-like, just that there was these people there that just seemed to, like I said, worship this crazy-looking monster, which is like, looks like a deer, and then the head has human hands as well as like these glowing eyes i don't know it just i, I felt like that was like i said the, the build-up of not knowing what it was not seeing what it was and just having people being dragged out and like i've said before your mind playing tricks on you filling in the gaps that that you're not seeing whether someone's screaming or whatever you don't know what's happening to them when next thing you know they're just stuck up in a tree slammed into it kind of thing um it, it was it that that side of it probably was more terrifying than what the actual monster looked like. There's also like more links to like Norse mythology as well within this because I believe that it was said that if you died fighting with a weapon in your hand, you went to Valhalla and you were considered to have died a warrior's death. And it's like all of Luke's trauma is pretty much, I would say, put to bed by the end of this film because he's gone through so much of not you know constantly seeing the fact that he let his friend die or at least didn't intervene when this happens. It's constantly reminded of that, that by the end, obviously, his only option is to fight his way out of this. And he does become more headstrong as the film goes on. Like, don't get me wrong, like, he does, you know, stand up for himself and, and put himself in positions and even, you know, go out of his way to try and save other friends and such that probably have treated him pretty poorly all the way through the film, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's nice to see that character arc for Luke and then by the end of it, obviously, he's, like I said, his only way is to pick up the axe and to try and get away from this monster, this being, which he does so and gets up, obviously, top of the hill, 
which is obviously again probably sim- symbolic to him going to Valhalla because he kind of like the monster screams at him, then he screams back, the monster screams and he screams again and obviously walks away, walks off and, and, and gets out of it. It's almost like he himself has now gone to Valhalla by fighting his way out of it. Um, I felt like I said that the ending was the the, the probably the, the weakest of the bunch, uh, sorry, weakest of the film. It just felt like I, I was expecting something really, I don't know, like I wanted the last 20 minutes for me to be like, oh my God, I can't take my eyes off the screen. And, and that being said, I was, you know, glued and watching it, but I just didn't feel it as much as what I was feeling all the way through, you know, because it was really suspenseful. Like I said, these rainy, crazy nights, characters losing their minds over what is actually going on and why, you know, this is happening or, or what it is that could be causing it, whether they're just putting it to just be bad nightmares or someone's like, no, this should, this is more than just a bad nightmare. I enjoyed all of that more so than the actual payoff at the end. I, like I said, though, it's still not a terrible film. It's like I said, six and a half, seven film. It's very, very intriguing and interesting and not the scariest, but the right amount of level of fear, like I say, more so you winding yourself up while watching it you know what i mean like you can't take your eyes off it but at the same time like i don't want to i don't want things to like just suddenly jump out as i say but it is it is decent enough the performances are definitely the best thing within this film i feel like the script as well is pretty good it's just like i say i felt like they're just the last 10 20 minutes or whatever just the weakest of the bunch and I will leave it there, but I really do appreciate you guys checking out this podcast episode of Say The Ritual. I'm not sure what it is available to stream on. I just found a stream of it online, and there we go. But it did seem to be on Netflix at one point. Not too sure if it still is, but if you do get a chance to check out The Ritual, I highly recommend you do so. It is a pretty pretty entertaining thriller slash horror. Until the next episode, though, thank you as always. Don't forget to hit the notification button on Spotify so you can obviously be notified when new episodes are uploaded. But until then, take care.